Well, I was telling some people earlier, the very best come under the worst of circumstances. So feel good about that. We've got a slide up here before you. And by the way, let me just point out to you, I've got my Utah Ute bow tie on today. So just, just so you know. But we've got a slide up here that is the title of the message this morning. Standing on the banks of tomorrow. And that's sort of where we are today, isn't it? We're at the very beginning of a new year. Regardless of what the old year was like, this is a fresh start in some ways. We're going to look at the passage that's uh, reflected on the screen, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And I would invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you. you may be seated. So let's remind ourselves of how Joshua and Israel got to this point. Nearly 40 years earlier, God had delivered the people of Israel from hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt. Not only did he deliver them from the bondage there, 
But he provided for them and protected them as they wandered through a wilderness. He gave them promises. He told them, I've given you a land and I'm taking you there and it's going to be yours. But back then, nearly 40 years before what we're reading today, the people of Israel were fearful and faithless and they refused to follow God into the promised land. They were scared. They had their reasons, but they stopped on the banks and refused to go any further. Because of that, because they ignored God's promises, they spent the rest of their lives. Every one of the adults who had left Egypt, every one of them except two, Joshua and Caleb, the only two who had been faithful to God, every one of the rest of the adults wandered in the wilderness the rest of their lives. What a shame. In fact, Deuteronomy tells us it was an 11-day journey from, from where they had been to the promised land. But because they refused to go into it, they spent nearly 40 years wandering in a wilderness. Now, the people to whom this is written, the people Joshua is leading, were the children of those who had been brought out of Egypt, plus Joshua and Caleb. What would they do? They were standing at the very place their parents and grandparents had stood nearly 40 years earlier. What would they do? Do you see any parallels here between what we've been reading about in our lives? Like, for example, God gave a number of promises to Israel. He's given a number of promises to us as well. I'm going to become a little interactive now and invite you to just popcorn share with me some of the promises we are aware of as believers that God has given us. Can anybody think of one? Go ahead and speak it out. Okay, God's going to be with us. Yes. Okay, promise of heaven, yeah, that's a good one. Other promises, go ahead. God's given us a bunch of promises. What are some of them? Excuse me? Yes. Yeah. Eternal life, I like that one. Forgiveness. Anybody else? Yes. All right. All right. I'll never flood the earth again. Yes. Hope in a future. I like those promises. God's given us a bunch of promises too, just like he gave to Israel. Now let me ask you a second question, and this one's a rhetorical one. I don't, I don't expect you to speak out. I just want you to think about this one. Has he delivered you from anything? Has he protected you from anything? Just 
think a moment about the deserts maybe that you have been through in your life, the trials and troubles. What has he protected and provided for you as you've gone through those? And then third question. Have you been faithfully following him, living by his promises? Or have you from time to time, maybe even today, found yourself wandering? Today's message is one of hope. These people were given great hope. Even as their parents and grandparents had been given But here's a fresh opportunity. As they stand on the banks of the Jordan River, here's a fresh opportunity to possess what God had promised, to realize the dream that God wanted them to have. Almighty God sent his son to die for our sins that through faith in him, we might have the opportunity of a greater purpose in life than just existing or wandering. God has a special purpose for each and every one of us. Not just some of us. God didn't save us to sit. He saved us to serve. And he's got a purpose for each And everyone, and perhaps this is the year, the greatest year of opportunity in your life where things will happen that never happened before that you couldn't even imagine. And God will bless you and use you in a special way. Let's look at these verses. Verse 1, the Lord spoke to Joshua. You know, he's still doing that with us. He speaks to us. He speaks to us through his Bible, through his word. He speaks to us as we pray. He speaks to us as we worship. He speaks to us as we interact with believers. He speaks to us as we serve. God is still speaking to us. He hasn't left us to just figure it out. He speaks to us. Verse 2 and 3. The Lord says to Joshua, get up and go over this Jordan. One of the things he speaks to us about is moving forward. Not just being content with where we are, with what we've done, but moving forward. Get up and go, the Lord said to Joshua and to Israel. I like Francis Chan. He's a preacher and The thing I like about him is his illustrations. His illustrations are so distinctive that you never forget one. And he's got an illustration where he has a balance beam up on the platform, like the gymnasts use. And he's talking about the fact that many believers become a believer, they get saved, and then they never move forward. They never grow. It's kind of like, okay, I've got my ticket to heaven, I'm just going to wait for God to come get me. And on that balance beam, Francis Chan gets up on the very end of it, and then he immediately drops down and hugs onto it. And he said, this represents the life of a lot of believers. They get saved, and then they just stop. They stop growing. 
They stopped reading. They stopped praying. They stopped, stopped serving. They stopped. They just stop. The Lord said to Joshua and to Israel, get up and go. Move forward. Grow. Improve. Reach out. Serve me. Is there something that the Lord is or has been urging you to do? To go toward? To grow in? Verse 5. The Lord says to Joshua, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. More promises. I will be with you as you go. Yes, yes, you don't know what lies ahead. You don't know what dangers there are. You don't know what trouble there, there might be. You don't know what challenges there might be. But I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Let me show you something that was given to me a number of years ago. I came to Utah in 1984 to pastor up in Layton. And I remember after we had come out here and visited and then returned to the Midwest where we, we were at the time, I said to my wife, it scares me to move to Utah because it's a thousand miles away from anybody we know, but I think God wants us to go. And a fellow pastor back in the Midwest heard about us going and he gave me this card. You can see part of it's broken out, but I've had it for a while. I've had it since 1984, but I've kept it because of what's on it. He knew we were struggling with the challenge of moving out here, and he handed me this card, and it says on it, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. And I'm here to say, 38 years later, God's been faithful. God's been faithful. Let me ask you a question. In fact, I think it's so important, I'm going to repeat it. The question is this, how much would it affect the uncertainty of your new territory? To know that God has your back. How much pressure would it relieve? How much peace would it provide to trust in that? How much, repeating, would it affect the uncertainty of your new territory? To know, to trust that God has your back, how much pressure would it relieve? How much peace would it provide? So often the way some believers do faith is this. They wait until they get themselves in a fix and then they dial 911 God. And it's almost like they have to reintroduce themselves because it's been so long. They don't have that daily walk with the Lord. They haven't been growing with the Lord. The relationship they have is weak and struggling. 
Because they're not investing and studying his word and time of prayer and time of worship and time of service. They're not doing that. They're kind of like Francis Chan on the end of the balance beam. Just kind of holding on, waiting for God to come get them. It doesn't have to be like that. God saved us so that we might have a mighty life, a victorious life. In fact, look at verses 6 through 9 that we read earlier. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. In fact, verse 9 repeats it a third time. Be strong and courageous. Yes, going into the new territory, you've got to be strong and and courageous because this may be the toughest year of your life you don't know or this may be the year of greatest opportunity in your life you don't know the greatest challenges you don't know but what God does tell us is that we need to be strong and courageous as we move forward well how are we going to do this verse 8 meditate in God's word that you may do according to all that's written in it. The promises and the power of God's word builds strength and courage in us, as does prayer, as does worship, as does, does fellowship with other believers. Be strong and courageous. How are we going to do this? We are going to invest ourselves in the word of God and the ways of God. And the result? Verses 7 and 8. Tell us we're going to be prosperous. Tell us we're going to have good success. Now, this isn't what you hear sometimes. Trust God and he'll make you rich. Trust God and your problems are going to go away. Trust God and you're going to have a new vehicle, new house, a new job. It's not that claim it, name it, claim it kind of faith. So what is he talking about when he's talking about if we meditate in God's word and if we seek to follow God's word and if we seek to be faithful that we're going to be prosperous and we're going to be successful what does that mean I'm going to give it to you in just a very short statement because I think it encompasses the answer what does prosperity and success in God's world look like God will make you happier than you can make yourself. That's it. That's the prosperity and success that he's talking about here. He's not talking about your bank account. He's not talking about all of your toys. He's not talking about that. He's talking about if you follow me faithfully, I will make you happier than you can make yourself, even if you had all of the other things that you could name. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Go with God. And he will make your life something special. September 18th of 1970 is a, a date I'll never forget. I boarded a plane in Kansas City, Missouri, and I flew to the West Coast, where after a bus ride I, I, and a night of, of waiting up in anticipation, I boarded another plane, and this plane was bound for Vietnam, where I spent a year. Before I got on the plane in Kansas City, my father gave me a letter and he said, when you get on the plane, I want you to read this. As I opened the letter, verse 9 was a part of what he had written. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I praise God and I feel very fortunate that I was not included in the 57,000 plus who didn't come home. Or the many, many, many more who did come home but severely wounded for, for life. But I can tell you this, that verse 9 of Joshua 1, the testimony of my life to this point is God is faithful to what he says in this verse. I've failed my Lord many times through the years, but he has never failed me. So be strong. And courageous and allow the Lord to make a real difference in your life as you stand at the beginning of a new year. See what he'll do. Years ago, the church I pastored went on a missions trip. I used to lead churches on summer mission projects, went all over the country doing that, went internationally doing that. One of the things I love about Risen Life so much is the commitment and support of missions here and internationally. I think that's awesome. This particular missions trip that I'm talking about years ago, we went to Pier, the capital of South Dakota. Now, Pier has the most interesting situation in terms of their location. The Missouri River runs right down the west side of Pier. I grew up on the Missouri River in Jefferson City, Missouri. But the Missouri River way up there runs right down the west side of Pier. On the other side of the Missouri River, the west side of the Missouri River, is a small town called Fort Pier. Now, why is that an interesting location? It is because Pier is in central time and Fort Pier is in mountain time. You can stand on one bank and look into a new time zone. 
we were doing the missions trip in Pier, and because we were right at the edge of, of mountain time zone and it was the middle of the summer, the sun didn't go down until like 10.30 at night. But it was interesting to stand on either bank and look into a new time zone. We're standing on a bank looking into a new time zone today. The time zone of 2023. What will the new territory be like? What opportunities and obstacles does God have for us ahead? Related to job, related to health, related to family. What's 2023 going to be like? We don't know. But what we do know is we serve a God who can make all the difference in our world, in our life, in our year. God made a number of promises to Joshua and Israel, just as he has to us. As we stand on the banks of tomorrow, are you willing to trust in his promises? And by the way, what promises are you willing to make as you begin the new year? I'm not just talking about resolutions. I'm talking about, Lord, here's what I'm going to start doing. I know I've talked to you about it before. I know I've intended to do it before. But here is what I'm committing to you in 2023. What does that look like for you today? As we stand on the banks of 2023, God can change your world and our lives and our church in this year. He's able to go with him, follow him. Don't be fearful. Be strong and be courageous. And God will do something truly special in your life.